Exodus, and we're going to be reading in chapter number 2. Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse number 1. We're going to look here at a very familiar passage out of the Scripture from the life of Moses. And uh, we're going to be referencing a few things in regards to Moses' life. But Exodus chapter 2, and when you come to your place with us, can we stand together one more time for the reading of God's Word? Amen. Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to look here at verse number 1. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? If you're sure, won't you say amen again? All right. Somebody might maybe didn't know where Exodus was. Go to Genesis, keep going right. Amen. You'll get there, I promise you. Praise the Lord. The Bible here says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. It says here that when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she had made that little ark of bulrushes. And the Bible says she daubed it, she covered it with slime and pitch, she waterproofed it. And set Moses, this of course, this child is Moses, and she set him in that little ark, that floating bassinet, and positioned him by the flags, by the, by the, the uh, growth and the, and the reeds and the things there by the river's bank. And some would say we know the rest of the story of what happened. But tonight I want to take a look at this. And if we can tonight, I'd just like to preach for a few moments on this thought. The Lord has laid upon our hearts. And I believe would like to challenge us tonight with his word. And I'd just like to preach on the thought, I'm not set aside, but I've been set apart. Amen. I'm not set aside, but I have been set apart. Amen. Won't you look at a neighbor and tell him, say, you've not been just set aside. Go ahead and tell him, you're not discarded. You've not been overlooked. You're not forgotten about. Amen. But I've been set apart. I've been set apart. Amen. Can we pray together tonight? Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, once again we give you praise and we give you all the glory. Thank you for every heart and life represented in this house. Father, I pray your anointing would rest upon our ears and our hearts that we hear your word, that we receive it. Your word challenges us that we're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers. We practice your word. We apply it. We practice it. We live it. 
And Father, I pray, let your word fall and be planted in the fertile ground of our hearts tonight. Anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. We thank you tonight for your faithfulness, and I praise you in advance for what you'll do in these altars. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I am not set aside, but I've been set apart. Amen. I believe tonight that one of the things that can happen in any believer's life, for any one of us, there's not a time or tenure as to where uh, necessarily that this doesn't happen because the Bible indicates to us that as we, Brother Coleman, follow after God, we walk with God, this is what the Word of God brings to conclusion about how He works. It says that God works in mysterious ways. His wonders that He performs, it goes beyond at times our comprehension. There are things that I can tell you that even today, and I'm sure that if you were to testify tonight, that maybe right now in your life particularly, maybe for your family, maybe in certain situations that are going on, that you could just say honestly, Brother Jacob, just to be quite frank, there's lots about God I don't understand. There's a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense. And what happens is, I don't think that we ever reach a point or place, Brother Marvin, where we arrive in our walk with God and say, well, I've got it all figured out. I don't think that we ever show up Nobody, no church has ever announced to me that says, well, when you've been on the membership roll for a couple of years, then you'll figure it out, Sister Mary. I've never heard anybody say, well, you, you get this thing 10, 15 years, Aaron, and, and then you'll know exactly all that God's doing. No. You'll come to find that there is no time and tenure. There is no seniority list where somebody is enlightened and rather Segura where everything falls into place in the sense of our mind, our rationale, and our reasoning. As a matter of fact, I will say this, that often there is a very skewed perspective of God and the plans that he has for our lives that he has for the people that we love, that he has in regards to the things that you yourself right now are praying about, some things that maybe you feel are hanging in the balance and you're hoping and you're praying and you're believing that surely God is as concerned about it as you are. The good news is I can tell you that Brother Eli, he is. He is just as concerned. He is actually more than concerned because the Bible says he is so concerned about what concerns you. He said, I will not quit working until it's perfect. Because, Sister Wanda, the Word of God says, I will perfect that which concerneth thee. Amen. As we look at this, though, there is a skewed perspective at times. 
When the God's purposes and plans do not look and they do not feel like we think they should look and feel, where it comes across very differently than we had hoped or that we had envisioned, when there are things that are going on and we look at it sometimes as a mark to say, God, do you really care? Are you really concerned? Do you not see as to where how this situation is making me feel? Do you not know the burden of which I carry? Are you not aware of how heavy my heart is? And Lord, I'm trying to believe you. I'm trying for it to make sense, but it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Can I say that tonight, in regards, if we're not careful with our skewed perspectives and how things look and feel sometimes, we will find that mind games can be played. We find that doubts can creep in about the carefulness of God concerning our lives and those things that we love and cherish. I know that tonight there are times when it seems that we set our hearts and we set our focus to pray. To pray, Brother Aaron, about God's will. To pray about His purpose and His plan. We're setting ourselves and we're very intentional about our prayers. We're very intentional about how we're pursuing God about things. And then there's times it just, I mean, if anything can go wrong, it does. If anything can be tumped over, it's tumped over. It's all just, it's all just seems like it's scattered everywhere and we look at chaos and we look at the herd and we look at some of these situations and it is easy, hear me tonight it is easy to grow disheartened because we look at to what seems like an endless mess and we say God I have been praying I've been believing I've been fasting, I've been trusting you to work this out and why does it look this way Anybody besides the preacher? All right, I'm glad five of you are honest tonight. Amen. Oh, as to where, how is this going to come about? What is this going to do? What happens is, is in those moments where we don't understand, there is that sense of being vulnerable. There is a vulnerability that can come to the attacks of the enemy. These doubts, they can be exaggerated. When we are walking through or living with certain aspects, hear me, that feel unfair. Somebody tonight needs to hear this because there are things that you've been wrestling with and there might even be some bitterness that might be setting up, trying to set up inside of your heart because there are things that you feel have been unfair and you don't know and you've wondered where God is and you put on a smile and you still come to church and you sing the songs and you're in the altars and you pay your tithe and you do all the things you're supposed to do but there is this thing on the inside where you're wondering you're wondering and trying to make sense of what God's going to do or how that he is working can I assure you tonight that you are in good company and what I mean by that is is that there are many many we find in the scripture many we find that God used mightily in their lives by his hand and for his purpose and power that at times they looked around and they wondered God what are you doing I don't understand the purpose in this I don't understand the word of God asked a question on multiple occasions by many faith 
faithful witnesses of Christ. And they would say, why do the righteous suffer? Why does it seem the heathen rage? Why does it seem that there's some that can get away with anything? But Lord, in my life and in my situation, there is this thing. There is this problem. There is this situation. I want you to understand the enemy loves to destroy through this process that if he can get you to look at God's purpose and plan through a twisted, perverted way. And when I say the word perverted, I mean simply in the sense that he loves to misconstrued. He loves to destroy the image of what God is wanting you to see. Even Paul said, there are things, Brother Gerard, that right now we look through a glass that is dark. There are some things on this side of heaven that I'm trying to reason and I'm trying to figure out. But Brother Chad, it just doesn't quite make sense. But does that mean that God is through with me? Does that mean that God is through with your family? Does that mean that there's not a place for you at the king's table? Does that mean that God doesn't want to work powerfully in your life? I believe tonight with all of my heart that there are some folks under the sound of my voice that you need to be reminded of the way that God works that even when it doesn't make sense even when there's tribulation even when there's heartache even when the tears have flowed like a river even when it felt like it's unfair God has not cast you aside he has not discarded you he has not discarded those you love but I would rather tell somebody by way of the Holy Ghost. Sister Faye, we're not set aside but God says I'm setting you apart. I've got purpose and I've got plan for your life. Hallelujah. I want you to remember tonight that God, He is obsessed with the intricate details of who you are. As a matter of fact, he knows the ins and outs better than you do. When you think you know everything there is to know about yourself, about your future, about your potential, about your purpose, about your family... I told a sister in the altar today, this morning, I said, listen, I know what you're praying for. We were agreeing together in prayer, and I felt the Lord check me to tell her about that thing she was praying for. I said, I want you to know, God loves them. God loves that situation. God loves those babies more than you can love them, more than you can understand. I know to a mother, that I mean, Sister Linda, how do you compute that? How do you compute that there's anybody who can love your children more than you ever loved them? How can anybody love Allie more than you? How can anybody love Cody or Hope more than you, Sam? Oh, but I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven and thank God for it because my love, my efforts, and my understanding, they are limited. But I'm glad there's a God in heaven who loves those and loves you and loves his plan and purpose and sister Belinda he'll go out of his way to make it work on your behalf oh hear me somebody tonight you're wrestling because somewhere along the line you have felt like God has discarded you 
you feel like maybe, well, that's great for everybody else, preacher. I'm thankful for them, good for them. But you don't understand, it seems like I get up from one punch to the gut and I'm met with another. It seems like me laying face first on the mat that that mat's been my friend. You ever been there? Me and the mat's on a first name basis. Come on here. Oh, to where you just, it seems like you have a moment to breathe. And then, Brother Keith, there's an undertow, there's an undercurrent. There's a moment, Brother Chad, of victory. And then there's some devil in hell that wants to pull you back down again and say, see there, God don't care about you. See there, he don't care about the purposes and plans. See there, it don't matter, Kara, you've been set aside. God has discarded you. The word of God said, when you begin to read an Exodus, one that at the growth of the Hebrews, the growth of the of the Israelites, we find that Pharaoh, the Pharaoh came into power who did not know Joseph, did not know Joseph's family, and then as he comes, they are threatened by the liveliness and by the population of the Israelites, and so he makes a decree. And hear me, church, hear me. Satan will send every abortionist he can to try the the life out of you to try to make you feel brother Eddie you're less than to my trying to make you believe that every dream purpose and plan of God is dead he'll have you look into the eyes of children or grandchildren they seem like they're disengaged they seem like they don't care they might seem like a spouse or somebody just absolutely has no mind of God and he'll laugh in your face and say see there you might as well write them off you might as well mark it up there ain't no hope for them but sister Jerry can I say tonight there's nothing more powerful than the prayer of a wife, a mother a grandparent who says I will not stand to believe those I love have been discarded but God's got a purpose he wants to work in their life in our life hear me hear me tonight there ain't nothing over till God says it's over there's nothing done Satan will send out everything to try to kill and destroy any semblance of God's will and purpose for your life he'll try to destroy any hope any prayer Anything that you're holding on to, Sister Haley, that resembles faith, he wants to cripple it. He wants to destroy it. Sister Lindy, he wants to completely abolish it. He said, any son that comes out of that womb, he said, kill the sons. You can let the daughters live, but do not let those sons stay alive. And then you get over to chapter number two. And the Bible says that there was a man of the house of Levi. That's simply meaning the tribe of Levi. The priesthood. And said he took a wife of the tribe of Levi, of the house of Levi. And they conceived. And that mother looked at that boy and said, this is a goodly child. Amen. Remember I said tonight, there's mamas look at that baby and say, this is the best thing that God's ever made right here. Amen. 
And that's what she did, ma'am. All she looked at that baby Moses and she said, this is a goodly baby. Said, well, there's, there's something here that God's got for this baby. I want you to notice something. It was not just happenstance that it was through the priesthood. Come on, somebody. That Moses came through that lineage and to where God said, there's going to be some things you may not understand, but to preserve my purpose in him, you're going to have to do some things you may not comprehend you may not understand I can't think of any woman in her right mind any mother worth her salt who would just voluntarily I mean sister Lindy could you imagine right now God to say you take that baby Colson you make him a little basket and put him in the Natchez River not only I'll tell you what Lindy would say right now. She said, there ain't no way, God. Ain't no way I'm going to do that. And not only that, she'd say, you don't understand, I'd have to, to fight Mama Kelly to even do that. And then I'd have to fight Tobin, and then I'd have to fight pa- Papu. Is that, that's what Silas calls Papa. Papu. There'd be a whole host of people. And then, Lord, what's, Victor, what's our church family going to think? I tell them, well, this is what God told me to do. Come on. Think about it. There'd be about 50 CPS phone calls going out. <laughs> hey, you all need to get down over there. There's, this, this lady's lost her mind. Come on. Not only the controversy of what other people would say, but I can't help but to think about that mother. What have I got? What do I do here what's going on how do I listen how do I set that which I love aside how do I give him up how do I discard him how do I just put him don't you know God there's crocodiles in that Nile don't you know this is dangerous how do I know there's not even a guarantee Carly what if somebody finds him and they go and they kill him what are we going to do the Bible said three months she could hide him but there came a part where she could not hide him any longer his life would have been in jeopardy I want to say this I'm sure that mother wrestled with what is it God What is it that I need to do? I need to do what? I need to commit him to what? I need to trust you to do what? Can I say I believe that Sister Belinda God had to speak to her and say, Mama, here's what you need to understand. You're not discarding him, throwing him in that Nile left on his own. You're not setting him aside and leaving him alone. But I'm asking you, you're setting him apart. And when I set something apart... You don't always know and understand, but I promise you this, that my eyes on him. I'll shut every crocodile's mouth. I'll put the sword of every abortionist in the sheath, and I'll be sure that the purpose of God is fulfilled in his life. Woo! We as a church need to understand that there are some things right now that for you personally, for your family, for some things that are going on, you'd say, God, I don't know, but here's what you can know. God is good and he loves you and he will not forsake his purpose and plan in your life. Come on here. 
He won't. He won't forsake it. It'll get muddy sometimes, Sister Sandy. It'll be times your eyes will cross and your head will spin. But we keep holding to the purpose of what He desires. Of what He wants to do. I want you to notice a couple of things that happen here. Let me first, let me first just highlight here a couple of things very quickly. To set something aside means that you pay it no mind. It means it can wait for another day. It means it's not urgent. It means if you get to it, you get to it. If you don't, you don't. You're not going to lose any sleep over it. Come on here. It means that you pay no mind until you deem it's important or it's appropriate. However, to set something apart... It means to distinguish something. It means that you prioritize for a purpose and that you will do whatever it takes to protect that thing for the purpose that it has been set for. I want you to understand tonight that God in His omnipotence and God in His omniscience, I want you to know that Christ, He shed that precious blood on Calvary's cross as Sister Haley and the singer sang tonight. He knew me, yet he loved me. It went on to say that while Brother Hip Hill he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I know to others what kind of father would send a son to sacrifice. Christ lifted his voice on the Calgothus hill and said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In other words, Brother Eddie, you've turned your back. You've set me aside. Have you forgotten me? Oh, but no. The Father in His holiness, He couldn't look on that sin, but He knew exactly where the Son was. And He also knew He would only be in the grave a few days, but He would rise in power over death, hell, and the grave and the purpose of salvation would be fulfilled in the earth through a son that he set aside brother Coleman for purpose this is something that we often forget God's not asked of us to trust him by any greater measure than even what Christ had to trust the father then what God is not willing to do on His own, what He has not been willing to give, what He has not been willing to commit to. He's not going to ask you, Kara, to do something to exceed that. He is going to work in the same parameters that He works in. He is going to ask you within the same realm of what He was willing to do to set aside. Let me very quickly tell you a couple of things tonight. First of all, let me say this. There are some things that you have been set apart for. That Sister Gloria right now, it doesn't make sense. And you don't quite have it figured out. But the first thing that God will set you apart for is to protect you. Is to protect you. Let me tell you something. There are some things right now that you think you need now. That you think you want right now. That you think, let me step out on a limb here, you think you're entitled to it right now. 
Well, now, I might as well just take jacket off, preach for a little bit, Brother Udy. Well, now, you see, you know, God does owe this or God should give me that because of this or that or this or that. Now, let me tell you something. Let me just first, let's go back to the basics. Go back to school. Go back to class. Let me remind every one of us from the pulpit to the back pew, God don't owe us anything. And a large part of our being disenchanted with God's will and God's purpose is because there are times that we think, Sister Britton, we are entitled. And God says, you're not entitled to that. As a matter of fact, he says, I know so much more than you do that if I give that to you, Eddie, it would kill you. It would destroy you. It would upend the purpose that I have. I want to challenge somebody tonight that if you believe that God will honor his purpose, then understand he will, Sister Bambi, set you apart to protect you. That's what happened with Moses. He was set apart. He could no longer be hid. Put him in that ark. Put him out there by the flags of the river. Set him there. But I, God, I can't comprehend it. But God says this is how he's going to be protected. I want to tell somebody instead of you moping and pouting and being upset with God, folding your arms, you ain't going to worship. You ain't going to cry. You ain't going to give. You ain't going to do this. And you ain't going to do that because God hasn't done it for you. Can I say what would happen if you came into this house and you said, God, I'll praise you because you've set me apart. I'll praise you even when you said no. I'll praise you when I don't understand. I'll praise you because you're protecting the purpose that you have for my life. Come on here. What's that look like? That looks like staring dead. Come on. Anybody here? Sister Haley ever been there when that door's been slammed shut? Come on. You thought, I mean the whole way to the door. Woo, hallelujah. Look what God's doing. We're marching to victory. Glory be to God. I mean, look at all these beautiful blessings. Look at all these things. God's so good to me. Life is perfect right now. I'm climbing on up the mountain. I mean, I'm, I'm taking on Jacob's ladder step by step and rung by rung. Isn't that what the song said? I'm just moving on up. Amen. Everything's looking good. And about the time you get there, God says, I'm sorry. This was not for you. And he'll shut that door right in your face. And the first response of many Christians is, God, don't love me no more. I'll show God I won't show up to church for six months. Come on. I'll show God. I dare the pastor to ask me to pray for somebody. I dare them to ask me to help out with the kids. I dare them. I'm, I can't wait to tell them no. Because I'm mad enough. I dare them to pass the offering plate, plate down my aisle. I'll karate kick it out of Gerard's hands. I ain't putting my money in there because God shut the door. Oh, yeah. 
Come on, I've got you laughing, but you know, you know it's true. You know these are things we wrestle with. I'll show them. I'll just shut night strike down, Brother Coleman. I mean, they ain't going to get bologna and cheese. Ain't going to get a biscuit. Ain't going to get anything. We'll see what happens. I mean, God, how could you close that door? How could you? I mean, you know how it is. You've been praying for the kids. You've been praying for the family. And I mean, you get up at Sunday and you're, I mean, you're bippity-bopping out the parking lot. You nearly float to your car. Oh, you're living on the spiritual high. And you think, well, it's Monday. I'm going to call up my kiddos and I'm going to let them know, hey, I was praying for you this weekend or whatever. And they nearly cuss you out one side and down the other and tell you they don't want. And I mean, boom, the door is shut. That's perfect timing. I don't know what happened. But something just shut over there. Did you hear that? Whatever you did, Chad, do it again. I don't know. Come on. What do you do when you're standing at that door? Because the Word of God tells us that when He opens a door, there ain't no man who can shut it. But let me say this, that when God closes a door, there ain't no man that can open it either. And there are some of you, you got ulcers, you're upset, you can't sleep well because you're trying to push on the door when God says, uh-uh. But God, my motives are pure. This is what needs to happen. This and this. God says, I know that, but I'm protecting you from something. I'm protecting you from something. Listen, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, you can read it in the book where we're reading from tonight of the book of Exodus. We come to find that God tells Moses, He says, there's a shorter way to the promised land. He said, but if you go that way, Sister Patty, he said, you're going to encounter battles and wars and you're not ready for that yet. He said, so therefore, he said, I'm going to take you roundabout and you have to go through the wilderness. You have to. But God, come on. You may not say it with your lips, but your attitude will say it sometime. Just like a kid. But dad. But mom. You're so unfair. You're just like a dad. How can you be a dad? How can you be such a mom? Because I love you. And I'm protecting you from something. God said, if I let you take the shortcut, the way that seems easier, He said, you're going to die. You'll never see what I have in store for you. Therefore, I'm going to take you the long way around. I am protecting you. What are we doing out here? They followed Pastor Moses. They complained the whole time. It's hot. I'm sweaty. I'm thirsty. I'm, I mean, Moses was practically driving a bus with a million plus kids. When are we going to go to Bucky's? When we gonna? When we gonna stop? When we gonna do this? You know what they said? This will this will tell you. This will tell you as to what's going on. They said Moses. At least back in Egypt, we had a decent grave. Oh, I know God's sending down supernatural manna. I know His coals and water to come out of the rock. But we're kind of missing the garlic and the leeks. I think I'd rather...
rather go back to making bricks and building pyramids. I think I'd rather, oh, listen, our perspective gets skewed. And what God is saying when he closes the door or when he says you don't go this way, but you go that way, I haven't discarded you. I haven't set you aside, but I have set you apart. And I'm going to do wonders in your midst, in your family. There's going to be things you've never seen before. And so I want to challenge somebody tonight. You're standing there looking at a closed door. Instead of pushing, prying, kicking, and pouting, why don't you just do this? Lord, I thank you. Come on, somebody. I'm not being silly or facetious. I'm telling you the truth. Lord, I thank you. I thank you even when it doesn't make sense. I'll praise you even when it hurts. I'll praise you even when my nose got busted because the door hit me so hard. I'll praise you. Well, Brother Jacob, what are we praising for? You don't understand. I'm disappointed. Then Sister Belinda, we dig down deep and say, I'm going to trust the purpose that he has set me apart. And therefore, I know he sets me apart, Brother Segura, to protect me. So you ought to just have yourself a little shouting spell. You ought to just go ahead and praise the Lord and say, God, thank you for protecting me. Even when I don't, didn't know I needed it. You are set apart for the process. Oh, the process. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. The process and the provision. We find as to where in Exodus 2 and 23... It says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Now Moses, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock, listen to this, to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, I don't want you to miss this right here. The Bible says earlier there has been the process of time. You know the story. Moses comes up in the house of Pharaoh, best education, best of everything. He kills an Egyptian because the Egyptian is beating a Hebrew. So he kills him. Then the Hebrews, they turn against him and say, you're going to kill us like you killed him? He says, surely somebody's seen what happened. So he flees. He goes into the land of Midian. He is there and he meets his future wife at a well. He chases off shepherds that are treating them cruelly. Helps to water their flock. She goes and tells her father, seven daughters he has, tells, his fa- tells her father what this man did. They go, they bring Moses in, they feed him, they talk with him. And the priest of Midian, Jethro, he gives him his daughter. And the Bible tells us that Brother Ringo, he is content out there watching the flock of his father-in-law's sheep. Now here's what you have to understand. Most Bible historians put Moses at this point in time as to where he had now been 40 years there. 
And so Abraham, we know, was 75 years old when he began to walk out the promises of God and step into that covenant with God at 75 years old. It is believed that Moses was 80 years old when he seized the burning bush. So 40 years he's been in hiding. 40 years he's been on the backside of that desert. But in the process of time, let me tell you, church, it is a beautiful thing when you have been set apart. Brother Coleman, I'm sure there was a lot of soul searching that went on with Moses of thinking, I'm out here, this is the extent of my life, this is all I'm going to be, this is all I'm going to do. But Sister Jerry, on the other side of the coin, God is working things because it says in the process of time, He hears the cry of the Egyptians. God knew when Moses was set apart in that ark and picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, come on here, what He was going to have Moses do. Moses escapes. He thinks, Sister Diana, he's hiding. He thinks he's been set aside. But God says, oh no. I've been setting you apart. I want you to notice something. He was set apart, and the Bible says there he was in the back side of that desert, Eli. But notice what happens. It was the back side of the desert that got him to the mountain of God. You missed a good place to shout. I want to tell somebody you've been set apart, and you feel like you're walking in the back side of the desert. But Sister Linda, that's where you're going to see God. Sister Faye, that's when you're brought to the place where His presence is going to meet you. Let me tell you something. No other time and no other place, Sister Haley, did he find a burning bush, but he found it on the backside of the desert at the mountain of God. So I want to tell somebody, He will set you apart so He can work the process and put you in the place where you are in His presence. I've heard the preacher say this, and I'm sure you have too. But Brother Chad, God had to get Moses out of Egypt and keep him out of Egypt for a long time to make sure Egypt was out of him. Come on here. He will set you apart to get you in the place where His process is at work, where His provision is at work, where you will see Him in His presence like you've never seen Him before. Can I tell somebody tonight, maybe there's been some trauma and tragedy going on, but I want to let you know right now, that there's certain tragedy and trauma that God has allowed you to see and endure because, Sister Cindy, you're only going to see God in a certain way by going through that. You're not set aside. You've been set apart. The last thing to mention, and Sister Phyllis, would you come on back to the organ? Sister Haley, would you come? The last thing that I want to mention, not only are you set apart for protection, not only are you set apart for pro process and provision, but I want you to remember at the end of all of this, God is setting you apart for His purpose. For His purpose. There were things even then, if you listen, if you go back and read, Moses tried to give God a litany of excuses of why he was not the man to do this. Don't you know 
my reputation. Don't you know I'm a murderer? I'm on the run. They've got me on the picture of milk cartons. My poster's hanging in the post office. Come on here. I believe as God was speaking through that burning bush, he could have said, Moses, you've been out here in this desert 40 years. Ain't nobody going to recognize you anymore going in there. Come on here. As we look at this, we come to find that in this, we see that God, as you know, He is working the process. He tries to tell God, I'm not eloquent. I can't do it. there's, There's all these things. And we see all the things that God laid out before Him. And He said this. He says, here's what I want you to do. He said, when you go in there and you stand before Pharaoh, and they ask you who sent you, you tell them the I Am sent you. You tell them, you let them know that you have been set apart for such a time as this. That's what, that's what was told to Esther, said you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Brother Eddie, you've been set apart because there are people that right now you have influence with and contact with that nobody else could because God has set you apart. For this time. For this purpose. Aaron, you up there flying people around in planes, they can't jump out when you're talking about Jesus, can they? Wouldn't be very smart. I told him the other day, I said, man, you got the best ministry opportunity there is. You're up 30,000 feet in the air. I don't know if you go that high, but you're up all those thousands of feet in the air. And boy, you're, you're piloting a plane, that'd be a great tool to start talking about eternity, wouldn't it? but in all seriousness I never would have dreamed God would bring you all the way from Missouri to Beaumont, Texas to sit in this church been my cousin all my life didn't know I'd ever get to be your pastor but God has set you apart you spent some years thinking you were set aside you spent some time thinking you were forgotten You spent some time thinking all that call of God on your life at 13, 14 years old, that was just a fluke, it was just emotion. I'm sure the devil told you everything. Come on here. Heartbroken, different things going on. But you come to realize God set you apart. Set you apart. Working a purpose. Working a plan. Putting things together. Because, Brother Udy, there's people that you can only reach that you can reach. I can't. I can't. You can. Sister Linda, folks, that you will only have access to. And you only know them. And God's only connected your life with them because He has set you apart. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this house. Would you right now, can we just lift our hands and would you just begin to praise the Lord and say, Father, I thank you that you set me apart. Come on, somebody. Lord, I thank you that you set me apart. There was a time in my life, there was a time in my life I thought I was set aside. There was a time in my life, God, I thought you didn't care. There was a time where I wondered if you really knew. There was a time. There was a time where I wondered, God, about the purposes of the plans. 
Oh, but Lord, I praise you tonight because I've not been set aside, but Lord, you've set me apart. Oh, come on. I wish somebody in here just begin to praise him right now. I wish somebody in here grab a hold of what the Holy Ghost trying to say. I wish somebody in here that you might be standing in front of a closed door, but you'd say, God, you're still good. And Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'll praise you for protection. I'll praise you that you're doing a process. I'll praise you that you're providing. I'll praise you, Lord, that you've got a purpose for my life. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Come on, church. Come on, church. Somebody needs to make hell nervous tonight. Somebody needs to praise him and say, Lord, there's times I thought it was unfair. There's times I didn't understand. There's been some tears I've been crying, but I'm not set aside. I've been set apart. Lord, I'm not set aside. Oh, but God, you set me apart. God, you set me apart. Lord, at times it's hurt. At times I didn't understand. Oh, but God, tonight I know you're working a plan and a purpose. I'm going to ask you here tonight if you'd say, Lord, help me to grab a hold of that promise. Help me tonight to know and see that you're working on our behalf. Help me tonight to know and see, Lord, oh, that I've not been rejected. I've not been put on the back burner. I've not been forsaken. But, Lord, you have designated purpose and plan. Lord, you have called and set me apart. God, you're working something on my behalf. I may not understand or see it all right now, but I trust your purpose. I'll trust the process. I'll praise you for the protection. It seems at times unreasonable. It seems uncomprehensible. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. If that's us tonight, church, why don't we come? Why don't you come and find a place in these altars? Why don't you come tonight? Some of you wrestling. Some of you wrestling with some things. Some of you tonight battling some things. Some things seem unfair. Some things have been a challenge. Some things you don't quite understand. There are some things right now, maybe there's question. There are some things you'd say, Brother Jacob, I'm trying to grab a hold of his purpose. I'm trying to grab a hold of his plan. Come on, church, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate tonight. Lord, now some things hasn't made sense. It could have been one way. It could have worked another way. Oh, but God trusted you tonight. Lord, I'm going to pray.